Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear and then talk about it. This page is page number 714. Met my eye and held it for a brief moment. Such a rarity for him. He gave a small, quiet smile. Proud, he said. The remainder of the day was spent in recovery. We would walk a few miles, perform the ketan, discuss the lathani, then walk again. We stopped at a roadside inn that evening where I ate enough for three men and fell into bed before the sun had left the sky. The next day, we went back to the cycles, but only two before midday and two after. My body burned and ached, but I was no longer delirious with exhaustion. Fortunately, with little mental effort, I could slide back into that strange anticipatory clear-headedness I'd used to answer Tempe's questions the day before. Over the next couple of days, I came to think of that odd mental state as spinning leaf. It seemed like a distant cousin to Heart of Stone, the mental exercise I'd learned so long ago. That said, there was little similarity between the two. Heart of Stone was practical. It stripped away emotion and focused my mind. It made it easier to break my mind into separate pieces or maintain the all-important alar. On the other hand, Spinning Leaf seemed largely useless. It was relaxing to let my mind grow clear and empty, then float and tumble lightly from one thing to the next. But aside from helping me draw answers to Tempe's questions out of thin air, it seemed to have no practical value. It was the mental equivalent of a card trick. By the eighth day on the road, my body no longer ached constantly. That was when Tempe added something new. After performing the ketan, the two of us would fight. It was hard, and that was when I was the most weary. But after the fighting, we would always sit, rest, and discuss the lathani. Why did you smile as we fought today? Tempe would say. Because I was happy. Did you enjoy the fighting? Yes. Tempe radiated displeasure. That is not of the Lathani. I thought for a moment on my next question. Should a man take pleasure in the fight? No, you take pleasure in acting rightly and following the Lathani. What if following the Lathani requires me to fight? Should I not take pleasure in it? That's the page. My name's Nick, and I'm back. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy, and we're glad to have you back. Thanks, dude. It's been a time. Mm-hmm. And the time is what Quoth is having, wouldn't you say? Uh, sounds like he's doing some pretty intense interval training. On the last couple of pages, yeah, it's basically been kind of a training montage of him practicing the Lathani and practicing the Katan and kind of entering, figuring out that he actually is better able to do this kind of like philosophical dialogue with... Tempe about the Lathani when he's kind of on the point of exhaustion, when he's not using his conscious mind to think of what the right answer should be, but he's kind of speaking from the heart. And I find this so frustrating, especially on this page when Quoth is like, this has no value. It's like a card trick. I'm like smacking my forehead and going, my dude, my guy, can't you put it together that this is the same state that Elodin has been trying to get you into to, to do naming and that this is the state that you were in when you fought Thalurian and and this is the state you were in when you called the wind. Like, I'm, and I don't think this is just me having read the book before. I seem to recall feeling this way the first time I read it. Also, being so frustrated with Coth for not putting it together. It certainly does feel like he's missing something. Mm. Yeah. Even if he didn't put together that, like, it was the same state in in which he can call the wind and and he was doing all that other stuff. Even if he didn't put those dots together, he should still be, he, he should still be able to recognize that, like, it has 
a value and that it is important and good beyond just answering Tempe's questions. Exactly. And it's almost like I, I, I'm not I can't figure out if I think this is the case or not. It's almost like in a horror movie or a mystery that is sort of badly laid out so that the audience figures out the twist before the characters. And that's always very frustrating because you, it, the characters feel dumber than you and it's not, it's no fun. You know, you want to be surprised as the characters when the twist comes through. And I can't tell if Rothfuss intends us to be shaking Quoth by the shoulders and going Quoth, figure it out. Or if we're also supposed to be baffled, like Quoth as to the purpose of this. Well, here's the thing. I'm here to tell you that until this read, I also, I was not putting these dots together. I was not thinking of these things as being connected. Um, But I do think that Rothfuss intends for the reader to have perhaps picked these things up. I think that the, the clue is that Quoth is able to connect A to B, but not B to C, right? He's able to connect like, Oh, Falurian was teaching me to think in X way, which is similar to how Elodin was teaching me how to think. And that has taught me a lesson about what Elodin was trying to teach me. I should think about that differently. But he that can't then apply that lesson to what Falurian is like, oh, maybe I should be thinking about what Falurian's trying to teach me in a different way, too, you know? And similarly here, he can't, he's not like connecting A and B and C to D, right? He's not putting these links together. And I think that what we're intended to take away from this, if we're close reading this and as Nick is uh, putting forward, if the reader is kind of wanting to take Foth by the shoulders and shake him until he understands is that part of Foth's character is that he is a big smarty pants and it's made him arrogant, right? He assumes that he understands the way the world works and time and again, he is presented with a different way of understanding the world that he dismisses as not useful, not relevant, not practical because he can't adjust his way of thinking to accommodate that different worldview. And I think that that is meant to be a persistent character trait of his. And that does make him feel like a more three-dimensional character because I think there's lots of real people and other characters who do have this persistent flaw where like there is, if they were a, a perfect actor, they would be able to learn this lesson about themselves. But lots of people have character flaws that they are aware of, maybe, but can't ever fully overcome and can't always apply the lessons they learn from one scenario to another. Yeah, Jeremy, I really want to apologize to you. Um, you know, we're recording at an unusual time today, and I gather that we've pulled you away from your second job uh, in the smoke mines. <clears throat> so I'm I'm terribly sorry to to have done that to you. Uh, I know that the other miners are counting on you to suck up all the smoke and hold it in your lungs so that they can move safely through and breathe clean air. Uh, so you know uh, your sacrifice is is much appreciated, and and obviously now the miners are all uh, choking as well. So are you uh, saying like Jeremy's the canary? That's right. Well, see, you he's know sort what? Of like the, the the bellows, you know, he's sort of like. Uh, I guess you would say he sucks. <laughs> Here's, the <laughs> thing. Here's the thing: in 2022, you can't just be a podcaster. You have to have several side hustles, and if you yeah, want, you got to be on that work, grind set. Yeah. And if you want that to work out, they all have to be 
synergistic, right? I work as the smoke breather in the mine so that I could then do the character of the gritty private detective. It all it all comes back around. <laughs> I see. Yeah, um, yeah. It's... <laughs> so just a quick note on the page before you two tangent off into who knows where. I was thinking that maybe it's possible that uh, Nick and I might be being uncharitable to Quoth because he is just a teenager. So I guess it's like reasonable that maybe he wouldn't put it together. Yeah. It's also like we have the benefit of being the readers and having the distance and seeing the whole picture. I have definitely, there's definitely moments in my life where I have, you know, been unable to kind of grasp the bigger picture of something or to understand something because I'm kind of in the weeds. And then later when I step back and look at, look at it from a distance or a bit of time has passed, I go, Oh, I see what was happening. I see the whole thing here, but uh, uh, it's just like, to, to me, what's so frustrating about it is I can't tell if I'm supposed to like Jeremy uh, be following along with Quoth and, you know, not understanding the import of what I'm learning yet, or if I'm supposed to be putting it together, I guess both reads are correct. But Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't know if a first time reader is necessarily supposed to pick up on those things, but I feel like, I feel like it's not accidental. As we say, all reads are valid. Hmm. Yeah, every time he does naming, he, it's described the same way, right? And then, like, he's answering Tempe's questions, which he can't seem to do when he's critical quoth, but when he's exhausted quoth, mm-hmm. and he's in the spinning leaf. Which, by the way, uh, spinning leaf, he hasn't encountered the sword tree yet, right? But it's an interesting bit of, again, I'm going to steal Jeremy's word, of synergy, or perhaps prescience, or even naming, uh, that quoth has sort of pre-identified the state that you need to be in in order to best the test of the sword tree mm. uh, as spinning leaf. Uh, also, it has a wind uh, vibe. You know, uh, I'm a leaf on the wind. Watch how I spin, which is the famous line. Uh, Man, it is very literally, funny that- literally, <laughs> I brought that up like three pages ago because he basically says that. But I, I actually want to tease out something that you're, you're getting at here. Uh, this is a, this is a mental state that the ADEM kind of train themselves to be able to fall into as part of their spiritual martial practice, right? It's part of their culture. How interesting that it is a similar state to naming. And I wonder if these are different cultural expressions of the same root magical source instead of naming uh, the ADEM focus, their, their kind of power, whatever it might be on like, the body and the spirit rather than this kind of like magical power. And how interesting if, uh, is the first thing Quoth learns about the Adam is an incorrect myth that they, they focus their words into fuel that they magically use to fight. And how interesting if at the very end that ends up being true to some extent, that yes. there is some magic in how they true, in how a they sense. act and, yeah. and what they do. Yeah. They, yeah. they channel the power of naming in a different way. Yes, they are uh, adept magic users uh, rather than uh, sorcerer magic users. That's right. To use the shadow run. Indeed. <laughs> That's right. Ontology. Uh, are you saying that uh, I'll be able to dodge leaves? I'm, I'm saying, saying that you won't have to. That's right. 
Uh, and listeners, you won't have to on tomorrow. Well, hey, whoa, hey, whoa, buddy, hang on, whoa, hang on. I know that you you got used to me being away, and I know that I'm the the minder of the mailbag. But hold your horses, home hey, dog. We read because, we read what? some mail while you were away. I'll have you know, sir. Oh well, you gotta let me know which one so I can cross them off. But we have a letter here from the Discord, which you can join and you can send us letters directly in the mailbag thread in the Discord. This is from our magical friend, John, who writes on 671, The Shapers and the Moon. Hail. On page 671, the talk turns to why the Shapers didn't create a new moon when they created the Fan Realm. The speculation is that they were unable to create a moon. Dawn's hat that is made of a piece of cracked pot. What if the Shapers were able to create the moon, but were not willing to? What if she was the source of all magic? What if the creation of a new realm forced her to be in both places in order for both places to have magic? Footnote, the reason that magics like Sigildry and Sympathy aren't impacted when the moon is in Fae is because they are man-made magics. What if the moon, being the font of magic, is why she saw no harm in giving her name to Jax, because she naively believed nobody would harm her? Magically, John, P.S., my new address is in the rookery. What say you to that, my fellows? It's not impossible. I don't know if I buy it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little sus myself. Like, I would I would be happy for it. It's, should it be true? I just need a little more evidence. Yeah, I think that the moon being a source of magic is a compelling piece of theory. I think that the opposite is more likely, that the magic binding the moon and Fae together is actually, like, a relatively mundane piece of sigildry. It's just, like, very complicated. I still think, I've said this many times, that Rothfuss is building up to like a reveal that some of the foundational magics that hold the world together, or at least the Fae in tune with, with the mortal world are actually like identifiably sympathy ultimately. And Quoth will be able to like through his skill and technical mastery, be able to undo it. Like it's actually less of a world shaking bit of, unfathomable magic but it's actually like a man-made piece of magic it's it's ultimately a tale of technology run amok a black mirror if you will except that instead of technology it's this kind of i do also buy the idea that sympathy and sigildry are like man-made or at least more fathomable and accessible shall we say than like the the deeper magics that that everyone seems to struggle to learn and maybe that's the dichotomy. Maybe the, the namers, maybe shaping isn't really like its own thing. Maybe shaping encompasses the sigildry and sympathy and like the, the technical magics as I'm starting to think of them, as opposed to the naming, uh, which is the, the more like broad magics. And I know what you're going to say that like Valorian seems to do shaping and uh, Auri seems to do shaping so I don't know that I necessarily also buy that, but I do think that there is like a clear divide between the magic that people can do kind of on a day-to-day basis and the magic that Quoth is starting to learn. Reasonable. What if sympathy, but too much? <laughs> yeah. What if your ma'am was a phone? <laughs> Listeners, you can ponder what if your dad was a phone on tomorrow's page. Uh, <laughs> the wind. 